you know, be, you, you're able to be eligible to be in the skit team, man. It's a fun time, am I right, guys? It's fun? It's fun? Yes, DLC is fun, right? Amen? All right, guys. Um, well, here I am, preaching the Word of God. Amen? I'm here. Thank you. Everybody, how many of you guys know I've been waiting a long time for this? Long time for this. I've been very patient. I've been sitting here. I've been patient in the back, in the sound booth. I'm like, oh, Pijo, when are you going to let me go up there? He's like, don't worry, son. Don't worry. <laughs> that was my impression of Pijo. <laughs> I'm just patient, patient. I'm like, come on, Pijo, come on. Don't worry, son. You will come. Your time will come. What about next week? No. Next month? No. Okay. Okay, Pijo, you tell me when. And he told me when, and today's the day, amen? Praise God. All right. All right, well, you guys, I'm just going to share my testimony with you guys. I, got, I know a great majority of you know my testimony already, but uh, there's still some out there that I don't know, okay? And um, so it all started back, way back, when I, like, when I was one years old, my father passed away, okay? He passed away from basically drinking and smoking, you know, um, off of that garbage, right? He passed away, and ever, and ever since I was little, growing up without a father is very hard. I know some of you guys know how that feels, and it's, it's not fun. It is not good. It's not a good feeling, and I had a lot of resentment toward God, a lot of resentment toward God growing up. I was like, man, he took away my father, especially when I got to high school. That's when I believe every young man should have their father, you know, teach him how to shave, teach him how to play baseball, teach him how to play soccer, you know, all types of things, man. You know, that's when you need a father to be a man, you know, in my mind. You know, the only, the only thoughts, the only visions I have of a real father growing up was, like, on Full House or something, you know, those old shows. So I was like, man, that's a dad. I want one of those, you know. But uh, I never did. And for that reason, that started my resentment toward God. I was like, man, God, you took away my father. You took away my father. Very mad, very angry, very bitter. And um, one day I was just walking home from work. I was just walking home from work. And uh, that day was just, oh, just horrible. The whole world in my eyes was coming crumbling down in my eyes. My girlfriend just broke up with me. I was on the verge of getting kicked out of my house. My mom, excuse me, me and my brother never got along. We always fought. um, It was just a bad day, bad day. I had money trouble. School was not going good, all right? And I was walking by. And I see that old Catholic church I used to go to. I'm just looking at it. I'm just like, man, church, God, it's not connecting to me right now. I was like, man, God, because of you, because of you taking away my father, because of you, all this is going on, I blamed him for everything. I hated him. I resented him. And I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. Stay away from me, out of my life. I am going to do me. I'm going to do what I want to do now. No more. No more thinking, oh, man, that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing. Forget it. I'm doing me. And I walked away. From that day on, I was never the same. From that day on, I started drinking profusely a lot. That was my life. My life became one big party. Every Friday night, what are you doing, Adolfo? I'm going to get drunk. What are you doing, Adolfo, on Saturday? I'm going to get drunk. What about on Tuesday? You got school? Yeah, but afterwards, I'm going to get drunk. Like, that was my life. I just drank. I drank. I drank. I was spending up to about $200 a week on liquor alone. I smoked. I did weed. I was having sex with girls. It was just, and then all that, leading all that, all that drinking to the point where there were certain nights where I was just was not able to go to sleep without having a shot. So I would go upstairs 
to my mom's fiance, Frankie. He has a little liquor cabinet. I would go, make sure nobody's looking, pour myself a shot, drink, and I would just go to sleep. I needed it. I was beginning to become an alcoholic before I was even 21. I was 20 years old at this time, okay? Now, at that point, I was just getting depressed and depressed and just not happy with myself. When I was, uh, I started uh, to cut myself. I actually still have the scars right here. I have two of them. And not because I was trying to kill myself, but because I just could not stand the emotional pain that I was feeling anymore. I just had to feel some, some other type of pain. I had to feel a physical pain. So I would just cut myself. I had two scars right here reminding me every single day how stupid I was without God. Now, I w- I, basically when I was just hitting rock bottom, I was invited by a friend to church. My first day of church was February 16th on a Friday youth group. I was 20 years old. At that time, they don't really let 20-year-old guys in the youth group because it was a bunch of high school kids. It still is, you know, but like, at that time, you know, it was just like, no, nah, 20-year-olds, you don't ever seem unless they're a leader, right? But they let me in. PJ let me stay. I listened to the word. I don't think that was a coincidence at all. My first day was a youth service. I became passionate for the youth. I became saved on March 11th, and my passion is you guys. I live for the Lord, and the Lord has called me to do something for you guys. I am here for a reason. I am here for a reason, guys, and I've been waiting. I've been waiting for my chance to pop out of my little shell and just preach the word of God. Amen? Amen. All right, let's get to preaching. Amen. All right, my message today, John 6, 16. If everybody could just turn there for me, please. If you don't know where it is, look at the table of contents. You will learn to work the word or else it's going to work you. Amen. All right, John 6, 16. Jesus walked on the water. Sounds familiar, guys? How many of you guys know about the story already, right? Yeah, it's a pretty common story. But I'm going to break it down to a point. I'm pretty sure some of you never really thought about it. Jesus walking in water. You guys are like, wow, that's a miracle. Jesus walks in water. It is. It's beautiful. It's awesome. But there's more to it when I read it. Now, Jesus walks in water. Verse 16. When evening came, his disciples went down to, uh, to the lake where they got into a boat and set off across the lake to Capernaum. Am I right, Pijo? That's how you pronounce it? Capernaum. I'm sorry. By now it was dark and Jesus had set and And Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing, and the waters grew up. When they had rowed three or three and a half miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on water. And they were terrified. They were terrified, guys, to see Jesus walk on water. But he said to them, it is I. Don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him to the boat, and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. All right. The next day, the crowd had stayed on the opposite shore of the lake, realized at, uh, of the lake, and realized that only one boat had been there, and that Jesus had not entered with his disciples, but they had gone away alone. Then some boats from Tiberias, Tiberias, Tiberias. Sorry, guys. Landed near the place where the people had eaten and uh, the bread after the Lord had given thanks. Verse 24, once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats 
and went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. Amen? They went to search for Jesus. Now, let's break it down. There you go. All right. Now, how many of you guys know that Jesus has chosen us and has, is, we are supposed to be sent out? Amen? God chose us, sends us out to preach the word of God. Amen? Now, Jesus sends us all out. At this point in, in the story, Jesus sent his disciples out. Okay? It doesn't mention it in John, but if you read Matthew, it says he sent them out. All right? Now, Jesus, knowing the world has troubles, tests our faith and relationship with him, all right, knowing that the, that the world carries much darkness, we, as disciples of Christ, must carry the light with us at all times, at all times, we must carry that light, it is our source, it is our food, the second light leaves, darkness consumes, right, how many of you guys know if we turn off all these lights, it's going to be dark, right? But as soon as we turn on the lights, bam, everything. You can see me, you can see yourselves, right? The light consumes, amen? Light consumes all. We are all chosen by God to do something great for his glory. He has a plan for us all, amen? We are all chosen by God, hand-chosen. He chose Alani. He chose Gilbert. He chose Sony. He chose us individually before we were even born with a plan already to do something great for his glory, some pastors, some teachers, some evangelists. Amen? All right. Now, John 15, 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go out and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. We are all called to be fruitful. Bringing your friends to church is being fruitful. Talking to strangers about God is being fruitful. Spreading the word of God is fruitful. Amen? We are all called to spread the word of God. Now, this is the question for you guys tonight, okay? Will you overcome the darkness to fulfill his purpose? We are all sent out to the world, right? Now, will you overcome that world? To fulfill his purpose. Think about that. John 6.16. When evening came, his disciples went uh, down to the lake where they got into the boat and set across the lake for <laughs> Capernaum. <laughs> Sorry, guys. All right, so I'm just breaking it down for you, all right? Jesus walked on water all over again, all right? When Jesus came, his disciples went down to the lake where they got into the boat and set off across the lake to Capernaum. Now, God never sends us out in a journey he knows we cannot handle. How many of you guys know that? God knows our limits. He knows us better than we know ourselves. How many of you guys know how many strands of hair do you have in your head? How many of you guys know? Raise your hand. Uh, nope. Nobody. God knows. It says in Psalms, right? Come on, read your word. He knows us better than we know ourselves. Therefore, he will never send us to a journey that he knows we cannot handle. Therefore, we are more than capable to overcome the world. We are more than capable to walk out these doors right now, preach the word of God without, without getting slapped in our face by the world. We are overcomers, amen? We are victorious, amen? Therefore, we could go out and preach the word of God with complete confidence, amen? 
Amen. But the flesh is weak. Oh, but the flesh is weak. Our flesh is weak. We are sinners. Amen. Is anybody here perfect? Anybody raise a hand? No? Yeah, I didn't think so. We are not perfect. We, our flesh is weak. It wants what it cannot have. It wants, guys want girls. Girls want guys. Some guys, some people want to drink. Some people want to smoke. Some people want to party. Some people just don't want to do anything. They just want to sit on the couch, watch TV all day and fart. That's all they want to do, you know? Some people just don't want to do anything. The second you give into darkness, your one source of light is gone. The second you go out in those doors and lose your source of light, Jesus, darkness comes and it consumes you. You lose your source of light. You begin to walk blindly in the dark, no longer aware of what you are doing. What Luke describes, basically, the blind leading the blind. You're blind. You're blind. You're walking out there without Jesus, without the light. You're walking in darkness. How many of you guys know that? People that do not know Jesus or refuse to know Jesus are blind. They have invisible blindfolds on them. And for some reason, they feel as if they could lead other people. Can a blind person lead a blind person? No. If I tell Joey, toss him my keys, Joey, go to my car. If, you know, he was lost. If, he's, if I blindfolded Joey right now, a big black thing, whatever, over his face, I give him my keys. Go to my car, get my book, and get a pen that's under my seat, and give me a quarter just for the heck of it. Would he be able to do it? Why? He's blind. He can't see. That is how people are in the world. They cannot do anything. They can't, they can't go out and lead people. It's the blind leading the blind. It's, it's, it's dumb. That's why we are the source of light. We know. We know if a true Christian, true disciple of Christ knows about the world, knows about God, right, enough to go out there with our source of light. Then Jesus told them, you are going to have the light just a little while longer. Walk while you have the light before darkness overtakes you. The man who walks in the dark does not know where he is going. John 12, 35. Now, John 6, 17. By now it was dark. And Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing and the waters grew rough. Think about that. Now, his disciples were sent out, right, by God? They went, they went out. They're on the boat. But it got dark. A strong wind was blowing and the waters grew rough. When you go out into the world without your light, the storm of the world will consume you. If you go out there, like I said earlier, without your source of light, this world, I keep pointing out there, I mean, look, guys, this world, I mean, it has gangbangers. It has weed, it has lust, it has perversion, it has all types of things. How many of you guys know this? Now, if you go out there without your source of light, that world, that lust, that perversion, those game bangers, those girls will consume you. All right? You will become so trapped by those waves hitting you back and forth. Each wave hitting you back and forth. Okay? Each wave is going to be anger. One could be lust. One could be gossip, one could be sex, okay? When you go out there, that's a storm. That's a storm out there, guys. Who calms the storm? Jesus calms the storm, right? Therefore, when we go out there, we go there calm, cool, and collective. But the second we give off our lights, it becomes very rough, 
very dark, and each wave starts to hit us harder and harder and harder. Okay? Each wave hitting you harder and harder until you become completely consumed by the world and drown. Drown, people. Okay? This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. John 3.19. How many of you guys know those people out there that are having sex, that are smoking weed, that are drinking? Love it. They do it because they love it. Or they think they love it. I thought I loved it. Right? They are so consumed by darkness that they are just blindfolded. They cannot see anything. They cannot see what they are doing. They love it. They love their evil deeds. My question is for you, all right? How far did you set off? Now, this could go toward anybody. I'm not saying for people that don't know Jesus at all or backsliders or it could be anybody, okay? It could be just a normal Christian that hasn't read the word or prayed for like a week. That's still setting off, right? You're still staying away from Jesus if you don't communicate with him, right? It's still setting off. You need, we as disciples, we as Christians need to stay in tune with God every single day, every single day to stay connected to stay close to him, our source of light, our source of light, okay, guys? The second we go, we skip one day without reading our word. We skip another day without reading our word, without praying this time. How many, how many of you guys know we're getting further and further away from our light, right? Amen? That also goes for backsliders. People, if you guys don't know what backsliders are, backsliders are people that were on fire, were Christians before, but now are living for the world. They went out. They got sent out by Jesus in that world. Capable, more than capable of doing it, but they got consumed and drowned by the waves. Okay? How far did you set off? It is not too late. How many of you guys, God, how do you guys know God forgives? Our God is a forgiving God. Our God forgives us. As many times we sin, He will always be there. Always be there. Never leave nor forsake. Never. He is always going to be there to pick us up, guys. But we got to remember that. We got to remember that. Never too late. John 6, 19. When they rode three or three and a half miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, uh, approaching the boat, walking on water. Okay? They set off. It was dark. The waves were hitting. It was getting really rough. They looked back, and they saw Jesus approaching. They saw Jesus approaching, walking on the water. No matter how far we rode, or no matter what type of trouble, troubled water you're facing, Jesus will walk on any sea to get to you and move any mountain to, that stands in your way. How do you, how, any mountain, guys. God created the mountains, right? Why can't he move them? Your mountain could be gossip. Your mountain could be sex. Your mountain could be uh, lust, it could be whatever, whatever mountain you are facing. It is in your way. It is blocking you. It is blocking you from getting closer to Jesus. But the Lord will come, move that mountain with ease, walk in any type of trouble to, to get to you. He died on the cross for you guys. Why won't he just move a mountain? Why won't he not just bless you and say, you know what? You are healed. You will no longer face depression. You will no longer face this, uh, this, this ugliness that is going on with the world. I heal you because he loves us. Amen? 
Nothing will stop our great God from us. Amen? John 6, 19. And they were terrified. They were terrified. They saw Jesus coming. They knew who Jesus was. They were his disciples, right? They knew who We know who Jesus is. We're sent out. It was getting dark. We saw him approaching. But we were terrified. Okay? Think about this. Put yourself in this shoe. You're sent out into the world. It starts getting a little rough. It starts getting a little dark. You know, waves hitting you back and forth. Temptations coming around back and forth. Right? Now, you're starting to get consumed into the darkness. You're about like one foot in and one foot out. Right? And you're just like, man, I'm loving this sin. I'm loving these girls that are giving me attention right now. But I still need Jesus. But when, the, but when you see Jesus, you start to get terrified. People know what they are doing. They know what they are doing wrong. They know what they are doing wrong. They, knew, they know what they are doing is not right with God. Therefore, they're terrified. They're terrified of God's judgment. They know what is to come. They know if they continue sinning, judgment's going to come. Judgment's going to come, people. The main reason people don't want to come to Jesus is because they are afraid, afraid to lose their friends, their self-image, the world. People are afraid to lose the world. They are so consumed in the world, they're afraid to lose it. They made this false self-image of themselves that they're afraid to lose that. They have all these great friends that will do anything for them. Oh, my girl will do this for me. My boy will take a bullet for me. Right? Come on. Come on now. They are afraid to lose their friends, their self-image, and most importantly, the world. Their world, people. How many of you guys are afraid to lose your world? The ones that aren't saved right now. The ones that aren't living for Jesus. Why aren't you living for Jesus? Think about it. John 6, 20. But he said to them, it is I. Don't be afraid. Jesus comes and he says, it is I. Do not be afraid. I, I sacrificed my life for you. Everything I did was for you. We cannot be afraid anymore. Trust in the hand of Jesus. Peace. I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Jesus does not give as the world gives. All right? Get that, people. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus doesn't give like the world gives. The world gives lies. The world gives troubles. The world is dark. But once we get consumed by God, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. (sighs) Deep breath. Feels good. I'm not troubled. How many people are troubled here? How many of you guys have Jesus in trouble? I have Jesus. I am not troubled. Trouble might come by me, but trouble don't bother me no more. Amen? I stand away from trouble. It comes at me. It comes at me. Throwing at me. It comes at me. Adolfo, Adolfo, you know you want that liquor. Adolfo, you know you like that girl. Look at her. You know you want that cigarette. But I say no, no, 
because that is not God's way. And I am a holy man of God, and I plan on staying that way. The devil is a liar. I will not fall for the devil. The devil has nothing but lies. He is nothing for me. He is nothing to me. The Lord, our Savior, is more than enough for me. He is more than enough for me. He is more than enough for you. Amen? Amen. I sit there. I'm sitting on, the, on Jesus' lap, man. He is just a big old fat spoon feeding me the word. Feeding me the word. He's like, mm. I'm just like, yeah, I'm saying good. Mm. John 3, 16. Mm. Yeah. Romans. Mm. So good. And he's looking at me. Have you had enough? I'm like, mm, no, give me some more. I want some more, Jesus. I need some more of you. Come on. I need a bigger spoon at that. Come on. Jesus hears us, people, and helps us always, no matter what trial. No matter what you think this world is throwing at you, no matter how hard you think you're going to fall, he is always going to be there. Amen? Who's bigger than God? Nobody. Therefore, he's able to help us with every situation. No matter what trouble we are facing, nothing is big enough. Bigger than God. For God, for God who said, let light shine out the darkness. Made his light shine on our hearts to give us light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. I love that scripture. Amen. Man, you guys got to think about this. Think about the world out there. Think about that world. The people who were sent out. We are all sent out. Right? Amen. I can't make this clear. Right? We're all sent out to do the works of God. But we get so consumed, some people get so consumed by the waves, they drown. But they still have that one hand reaching for Jesus. They still have that one little bit of hope to reach for Jesus. But each wave is just hitting it harder and harder. You're still in control of that hand, still reaching for him, still reaching for him. But the waves are consuming you so hard, hitting you left and right, left and right, to the point where your hand is not controlling you. You lost control of your hand. Your hand is no longer reaching for Jesus. It is now reaching for that cigarettes. It is now reaching for that liquor. It is now reaching for the girls or for the boys. This world will consume you if you're not ready. We must put on the armor of God. Amen. We are a consuming fire. Amen. The Lord blesses us with a consuming fire. I love talking about his fire. How many of you guys know I love talking about his fire? I talk about his fire all the time. Every small group people come to it because I preach the word of God there too. Come on now. This word, this word of God is a consuming fire that consumes me. And it must go out and preach the word of God. It must do the work of God. We are a consuming fire, a fire of boldness, a fire of fury, a fire of strength that will consume anything that is in its ways, do not, do not let people come to you. They're probably old time, like not old timers, but people that have been saved for a while. Like, Man, you're really on fire. I'm like, yeah, I'm on fire. You're on fire. He's like, man, but do not let that fire go out because I used to be just like you. Well, go ahead, be in the church for just a little bit longer. It's going to start going away. I look at him. I'm like, man, the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar because my fire will not go out. My fire will consume, will consume the enemy, will consume the flaming arrows, and I'll throw a couple flaming arrows at myself at the devil. Amen. I will consume. The word of God is a fire. 
Ooh, I love that fire because it always rekindles my heart. Every time I'm feeling weak, that fire comes, and I just let it all out. It consumes me, people. It consumes me. My fire will never go out. Never go out. And neither should yours. Read your word. Pray to God, and your fire will be rekindled every single day. Amen? John 6:21. Then they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately, immediately, not a week later, not a couple of hours later, immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. Once you get over your own self-desires and accept him, he will take you just the way you are. But he loves you way too much to let you stay the same. He'll take you as a sinner. He'll take you as a smoker. He'll take you as an alcoholic. He'll take you as a perverted guy or a girl. He'll take you any way you are. But he loves you way too much to let you stay that way. He loved me way too much to let me stay an alcoholic. He loved me way too much to allow me to hold that cigarette in my hand. He loved me way too much to let me be looking at girls' booties. He loved me way too much. I don't do that stuff anymore, people. How many of you guys know that? A real man of God waits for his wife. A real man of God preaches the word of God. Amen? Lives for God. Is not ashamed to fall on his knees and praise God. A true woman of God will wait for her husband. A true woman of God will stay pure. Amen. Proverbs 31. I love it. That is my type of woman. Amen. All right. He reveals the deep things in darkness and brings um, deep shadows into the light. His light consumes everything. Like one time, I remember when I was in Devil's Lake with Pastor Joe and Andrew, and I had, we had like a flashlight, and we were on top of the cliff, way high, way high. And I'm just like looking, I'm like, man, it's getting dark, pitch black. How many of you guys been to Devil's Lake? How many of you guys know how it looks when it gets dark? There ain't no street lights over there, people. It's the boonies. No street lights. It's dark. The only light we have is the moon. All right? Now I'm like, dang, it's dark. So we have these flashlights, and I'm looking down, I cannot see nothing, nothing. And I was like, man, it's dark down there. And I flashed the light, and I was able to see. I was able to see. I was able to see the rocks. I was able to see the trees. I'm like, man, that's Jesus. It's dark. It's a long way down. It's a long journey ahead of us. But we shine that light, and it shows everything. It consumes everything. And I'm more than confident to go down those rocks and with the light in my hand and just cruise on down because I have the light. I have the light. His name is Jesus. Amen. All right, for God, who said, let, the, let light shine out the darkness, made his light shine on our hearts to give us the light of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Mm. Man, it's like Chef Boardee's. Like, or Campos, that's what it is. Mm-mm. All right, through him, we are forgiven of all darkness. Everything. Everything. He accepts us the way we are. He loves us way too much to leave us to stay the same, so he comes in us. He comes in us. He changes us. Ephesians 1.7. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Hallelujah. Acts 10.43. 
all the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name, through Jesus' name, through Jesus' name. Not Buddha, not, not whatever other person is out there, not science, but through Jesus' name we are forgiven. Amen? We are forgiven. His blood was enough for me. His death on the cross, his suffering was enough for me. It's enough for me, people. Romans 4, 7. Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Covers them up. Sweeps it right under the carpet. Covers it up with a nice clean carpet on top of it. Beautiful. Luke 5, 20. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friends, your sins are forgiven. Notice how he said friends. He calls us friends, people. He calls us friends. The maker of this universe, the man, the man, calls me friend. Not only son, not only servant, but a friend. I am Jesus' friend. He's my best friend. I am so blessed for him to call me friend. Amen? He calls you friend too, guys. We are all friends of Christ. Back to this. Will you overcome the darkness to fulfill his purpose? We are tools, okay? We are tools being used by God for his glory. Age is never a factor when it comes to preaching the word of God. How old was John? 16, right, Pedro? 16? 16 years old. How many, the majority of you guys are 16 and older? Even if you're not 16, if you're 13, 10, you're still old enough to preach the Word of God. If, you're al- if you are old enough to read the Word of God, you're old enough to preach the Word of God. You're old enough to walk and preach the Word of God. You're old enough to go out there as a consuming fire and preach the Word of God. Do not let anybody tell you anything different. You and I are chosen. You are a chosen man or woman of Christ with a purpose. But are you going to fulfill it? Okay, we are his tools. We are his vessels. How many of you guys know that tools, they rust out or they get worn out, right? Screwdrivers, man, I got to replace it. No, that's not us. We are tools that will never rust out. We are tools that will never need to be replaced because we are powerful in Jesus' name. We do not rust out. We do not need replacement. God chose us. We are an eternal tool for him. Come on now. We are chosen and will be sent out by Jesus to our families, friends, and school. How many of you guys know that? We are all chosen to be sent out to our families, right? Preach the word to our family, our mom, our brothers, our cousins, our grandmothers, our friends, our best friends, our schools. Our schools. That's huge. An average school carries about what? How many students? A thousand. A thousand something. Thousands, right? 4,000, 4,000 students in every school. Think about that, guys. If you could just spread the word of God, just save two people in your school, and then they save two people, and then they save two people, and they save four, five, six people, that school will be so consumed by God, nothing will be ever, nothing will be ever be able to penetrate those walls. Sin will be no more. Gangbangers, fights, no more. 
Metal detectors, gone. Liquor, gone. Cigarettes, gone. Having to watch your back every 10 feet, gone. Think about that. That is a beautiful vision. We are not meant to walk around our schools. And I know me, going to Hamilton, I had to watch my back a couple times. Walking home, I was like, dang, these guys are following me again. I almost got jumped. I don't know. A lot of times. A lot of times. That school is stupid. Game bingers. For no reason. For no reason. When I was walking out of school one day, I went to the corner store right across the street. And I was walking, get a, a bag of chips. I walk in, grab the bag of chips. I turn around. I see the clerk on the floor holding her hand with blood coming out. She got shot. She got robbed just a couple minutes before the bell rang. That, that is the school I went to. Those are the schools that you go to. This is the community we live in. The devil is a liar. Are we going to allow this to happen? No. We are not going to allow this to happen. The devil is a liar. We, I don't want to live in this society anymore. To the point where we have to worry about our car getting broken into. To the point where we have to watch our backs in certain neighborhoods we walk into. Come on now. That is garbage. I hate it. I hate it. I hate the devil and his lies and his anger and his oppression and his gossip and his perversion. I hate it and I damn it back to hell where it came from. I bind it up in Jesus' name and I send it back to hell where it came from. Because this, this is a church. This is the house of God. We will serve God here. That garbage will not enter in here. Amen? We are chosen men of God and women. We will go out. Change our families, change our friends, and change our schools, our communities, our nation. Because Christianity is not a joke. We are chosen to go out, preach the word of who? Of God, the living God. Nobody before, nobody after, only one. One great and glorious God I serve and that you serve. And if you don't, start serving him. Now, nothing will stop us. Keep in mind that no matter how many times we are sent out, okay, no matter how many times we are sent out, we ourselves will forever be in search for Jesus. We cannot forget that. We can't just focus on our mission, guys. We got to remember who sent us on our mission, Jesus. We are going out spreading the word of God. Of course, we have a, a constant reminder of God, but we can't forget why we are sent out why we are doing this. Because we love God. I love God. How many of you guys love God? I love God. If you love God, you will serve God, right? If you serve God, you keep his commandments, right? If you serve God, you are a disciple of God. If you're a disciple of God, you will spread the word of God. If you are spreading the word of God, you are loving God. You love God. It's that simple. It's like, boop, 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 chain reaction, people. Come on now. You're a disciple. You love God. Continue loving God. Continue spreading the word of God and continue praising God. Never forgetting him. Never forgetting why you are sent out. Trying our best to be more and more like him every single day. Although we might stumble. How many of you guys know we might stumble? We're not perfect. I stumbled a couple times. I still stumble. Okay? Although we might stumble. He 
he will always, always, and I promise you, always, I promise you guys, take that, I take that to my grave. I promise that he will always find us and be there to pick us up. You might stumble, fall on your knees. Dang, lust got to me. Anger got to me. He's going to be there to pick you up. It's okay. Go out and continue your work. I forgive you. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Hebrews 13.5, a beautiful verse. John 6.24, they got into the boat and went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. Now they went back to the boat and they searched for Jesus. Now this is the people that were left in the boat in the island, right? They went to the boat and they searched for Jesus. Keep that in mind, guys. We are searching for Jesus on a daily basis. Amen? We are always here searching for Jesus, doing the works of Jesus, loving God, loving Jesus. We're always searching for him, forever searching for him, because we can never forget him. We, we cannot lose our source of light because the darkness will consume. Amen? How clear did I make that? Darkness will consume you if you allow it to consume you. It is you, people. It is in your hands. You hold the light. Now, are you going to shine it or are you going to put it in your back pocket and hide it, keep it for yourself? Shine it. We are going to shine it. We are the light upon people's feet, guiding them to that straight and narrow path, the path of Jesus. Amen? We will continue burning, burning, burning with that fire, marching forward, climbing the mountains until we reach the peak. No matter what type of trial we might face, we know that we have Jesus. No matter what comes at us, no matter what type of screwball or knuckleball the devil tries to throw at us, we're going to hit that home run, amen? We are going to sit there. We're going to stay in our stance, firmly strong, printed on our word of God, fully covered in the word of God, in the armor of God, striking down the devil and his lies. We will continue to march forward. We are warriors, people. We are warriors. We're soldiers of Christ. We are there to march forward every single day, forward and forward, never looking back, no longer looking back. The back is just a past. It has nothing to do with you anymore. The back behind you is the past. Leave it. It is not yours anymore. It's the devil. Give it back to him. Now we march forward, marching, fully armored up in the, in the armor of God, marching forward every single day, living for the word of God. And for the word of God, I live. That is my source of food. I eat it. I feed on it. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, baby. It is mine. I eat it all the time, and it is good. Woo, it's a great source of protein, by the way. Mmm, it's so good. Oh, I love you guys. Now, how many of you guys know you're chosen by raising your hand? How many of you guys are chosen? How many of you guys know you're chosen? How many of you guys are going to overcome that darkness to... How many of you guys are going to overcome that darkness to fulfill your goal, your purpose? How many of you guys? How many of you guys are soldiers? How many of you guys know that we will continue fighting? We will continue fighting every single day, no matter what type of screwball the devil might throw at us. We will be here forever, standing our ground. Amen? We will continue doing this. Thank you. And this is the end of my message, guys. And I thank you very much. You guys were awesome. I love you guys. Praise God. Praise God. Amen.
And I'm just going to hand the mic over to my pastor, the man who has taught me everything I know, this great man, Poppy. Good job, my brother. Praise God. Let's all stand to our feet. Amen. Let's all stand up. Josh, why don't you come forward? Let's dim the lights. Let's end in prayer tonight. I'm really glad that our brother shared that word. It's out the book of John, and it was verse by verse. You guys saw the whole thing, just recapping what our brother just taught us. Jesus fed 5,000 people. There's a lot of people around him. He says, disciples, y'all walk on, uh, not y'all walk on water, but y'all take a boat, and I'll meet you on the other side. So the disciples get in the boat. They start traveling. What happens? The storms come. It gets dark. All the things he taught you about darkness. There in the middle of darkness, in the middle of the storm, who comes walking on the water, y'all? Jesus. Jesus comes to them. He brings the light. Everything cools down. Everybody's at peace. Everybody say peace. And then immediately they come to the other side. And there at the other side, the people who had been left behind, now they want to find Jesus. So the question is, where are you at? Are you the folks that are watching disciples go and, and be with Jesus? Are you the ones that are sitting on the side of the shore just saying, hey, you know what? I'm not going to be a disciple. I don't want to get on the boat. Because you know why a lot of people stay on the side? Everyone look up at me, please. Everybody look up at me. You know why some people stay on the shore? Because they know that disciples are going to face some storms. See, being a Christian doesn't mean you have a perfect life. And sometimes people will watch us raising our hands and worshiping God and, and, and not sinning like we used to. And some people will just sit and watch and say, I don't know if I want to do that. Okay, let's think about that. Yeah, you may be nice and comfortable right where you are. You might sit at your lunch table, have all your friends with you. You may not face the storm like disciples face, but let me tell you one thing that you'll never have. Jesus won't be with you. <laughs> You're going to have to look for him. Do you all see that? You're going to be looking for him because you know what? Eventually, one day, you're going to want him. Something's going to happen. You're going to be at a funeral. People are going to be crying. And you're going to be like, I got to go find Jesus. I got to go find help now. I got to go find Jesus. Where is Jesus at? You know where Jesus is at? Jesus is with his disciples. That's where Jesus is at. And I want to tell you something. Yes, as a disciple, have I gone through some storms? Yes. But Jesus comes every single time. I wouldn't trade my life of going through the storms I faced. I wouldn't trade that of being on the shore. You know why? Because Jesus is with me. Now I want you to think about that. Where are you today? Are you with Christ going through temptation? Are you fighting it or just getting knocked down by the devil? Are you fighting your fight? Are you going forward? Or are you just on the shore just giving up? Just like, oh, I'll find him when I need him. No, no, no. Where are you today? Are you with Jesus or are you out without Jesus? Let's bow our head and close our eyes. Father God, thank you for bringing us here tonight. Lord, I pray that every single person here, God, will get on the boat and go with you. I pray that even though that we may face storms, we may face hardships as Christians, that we'll never give up. Because, God, you're with us and your light, God, will comfort us in the middle of darkness. And you can calm the storms. Even though trouble may come in a Christian's life, you calm the storms. And so, Lord, I pray for every person here today that, God, if they're just sitting on the shore and they've been watching disciples, I pray that they get in the boat now, too. I pray they start doing what they're supposed to. 
Because, Father God, you love them, and you don't just want a few, God. You want the whole world to love you. With your head bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to talk to those right now who you're on the shore. And that means you're not born again. You don't have a real relationship with God. Maybe you just have religion. You pop in and out of church every now and then. Maybe you've been coming to this church for a while, but you've never really made it real. Let me tell you what you got to do. you got to get on the boat. You've got to get on the boat right now, and you've got to leave the shore. And that might mean you're going to have to leave some of your friends. That might mean you have to leave some of the habits that you see in your own family. That might mean you'll have some storms ahead of you. But let me tell you something. If you don't get on the boat, you're never going to be with Jesus. And the Bible says if you die on the shore, if you die without God, you're going to go to hell. That's the sad truth. That is not a good thing, but it is sad, but it is true. Now, here's the good part. You can get on the boat. Disciples get on the boat. They start moving forward. They start facing storms. And everything they face, they face with Jesus Christ. And if Jesus Christ has to walk on water to get to them, He will get to them. So right now, with your head bowed and eyes closed, if you came in here and you're on the shore, but you want to get on the boat with the disciples and let Jesus be in your life, I want you to raise your hand right now. Come on. All across this place, raise your hand. If you need to get on the boat and be a disciple, Jesus told his disciples, y'all get on the boat and go. Those that weren't disciples stayed on the shore. What do you want to be? Come on, if you came in this room today and you're saying, I want to make a change. I want to reposition myself. I want to be different in life. I want God in my life. Then I want you to raise your hand right now. And we're all going to pray with you. Disciples, see, you're with disciples when you raise your hands. And now us disciples who have already made that decision, we're going to pray with you because we used to be like you. We used to be on the shore. We used to be doing our own thing, watching church people. I used to make out with girls in the bathroom in church. I was a high school dropout, but one day, 18 years old, November 5th, 1995, I said, I'm getting on the boat. I'm leaving this shore behind. If that's you, raise your hands and we're all going to pray with you. Everybody pray this prayer. And those who are right now asking Christ to change their life, pray with all your heart. Everybody say this. Dear Jesus, I come to you tonight because I believe in you. I know you died for me. You took away my sins on the cross of Calvary. And I believe that you were buried. And on the third day, you rose from the dead. Today, I learned from the story about you walking on water that Jesus you want me on your boat and God today I get on the boat and Lord come on talk to him like you mean to say Lord whatever storms I face I trust you that you will come to me and you will bring peace Lord I trust you from this day forward that know how big the storms get no matter how big the darkness is you will be the light and bring peace